Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the marketing minds at doconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders, developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and try to elevate the conversation. I'm the ad doctor, Andrew Peake, joined with Jackie Lipinski and Becca Thomas on episode 171. Ooh. Hi. How was that? How fun. Breath now. We're here. Kevin's not here. I feel like those signs on like the terrible car dealerships, like bosses away, free cars for everybody or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> every single time. Terrible we get to create there. the podcast outline. Yeah. We get the podcast outline. So what should we talk about today? Just, just jump into story time. Who wants to go first? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can go first. Okay. So I, I have a fun story. Um, it started off with a book recommendation that was called the $64 tomato by William Alexander. And the book is very That's good dorky and it's about an avid gardener and he did a cost analysis of his garden and what his tomatoes ended up costing him when he thinks through the math of his hobby. And so I was like, oh my goodness, what do my tomatoes cost me? I've never once thought about the value of my garden to me and what it cost. And it was also scary because I added up the math and I didn't think I spent that much on a garden for a year. So were you $64 per tomato? I was much less. Thank goodness. That's good. That's he, good. Okay. Yeah. His, his book is actually really funny, got a fun personality through it, but my, I actually have my numbers cause I, I created a screenshot nice. for myself and sent it to my husband. He was also like, Whoa. So this year I spent $880. <laughs> this is from scratch, new house, okay. box gardens, dirt, plants, live plants, garden, um, seeds, miscellaneous value of my garden. And then what you do is you calculate all of the other value of the plants that you grew outside of tomatoes. And you subtract that from what you thought, if you were to buy that at a grocery store, what would it, what would it cost? So I, so I also grew zucchinis. I grew peas and strawberries. And if I went to organic grocery store, I calculated the value of all of my other plants at $175 when comparing them to what was available online. Okay. And then, so that's $880 minus $175 worth of value. So that's $705. Luckily I'm a psycho and I counted all my tomatoes. You counted all your tomatoes. Okay. I did. I did. Yeah. How many tomatoes? So 222 tomatoes. That's I grew this tomatoes. summer. That is a lot of tomatoes. I hope you like making things with it. I have so much sauce, but that's besides the point. So <laughs> $705 divided by 222 ripe tomatoes I wanted to add equals $3 and 18 cents a tomato. And I just wanted to ask you, okay. Becca and Andrew, would you pay $3 and 18 cents per tomato at, at a grocery store? Becca, would you? Okay. So I really only eat aroma tomato. Oh. So if okay. I'm only eating small. aroma tomato, yeah, they're small. I think yeah. they're like less than a dollar. More like overly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so $3 for Aroma tomato seems a bit high for me. It Are seems a bit high unless it's a big tomato. Like, yeah, right. I have not. If it's like contacts. a two pound tomato and they're dollar forty nine, then like hmm, that seems to to work out. Mm -hmm. Dollars. So yeah. so the same thing that William Alexander does. He goes to his wife and he goes, "Was it worth it?" And so same thing with how we kind of calculate leads or miscellaneous attribution rates without the context of the story. It actually doesn't seem like a good value until I explain that every day after I pick my son up from daycare, we go out with a little basket and we pick tomatoes. He, you know, we, we talk about the tomatoes. We grew them from seeds. We, um, these are, to them. 
We don't sing to them yet, but the, and they're <laughs> and they're also Cherokee um, purple heirloom tomatoes. I have to Google they, that. So that yeah, okay. they're very beautiful, very tasty. If anyone's looking for recommendations for next year, so without the story, three sixteen. I'm sorry, three eighteen. Way too much for a tomato that I would feel comfortable buying until you think of it in the context of a story of the value it brings to the table. That is the, um, you know, my life and the story and the memories I'm making growing these tomatoes. And and so how, how we kind of think of that with builders too, is, you know, you have a, a, a range of information available to you. And so you can see where leads or miscellaneous costs of information is coming from, but you need the context and the backstory to have more value to make adjustments. If I told someone three team, they're like, why do you garden? That's way too much. But again, if you're like same thing where, yeah, I pay a dollar a lead here or $3 for 18 cents for a lead here, but they convert 10 times higher that you know, that's the context you're missing. And that's the context you need to consider when thinking about the attribution information. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just thinking like, it's almost like the cost per anything is, is a nice to have, but it's not useful because there's not enough context. So cost per lead, if it's Mm -hmm. five or 20, but then one converts lead to appointment at 10 X. Well, even if you paid five times more for the lead, that's still significantly cheaper for a cost per appointment. But then we have to go a step further what's the cost per sale from those appointments? And then Mm -hmm. at that point, you're like, where do the leads come from? Does it matter if it came from this part of the garden or this part of the garden? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, like, no, we just need tomatoes on the table that we could eat. Yeah, But it does matter for like, as you're optimizing, like, well, maybe we need to Mm -hmm. move our tomatoes or our leads over here. If I put it in the sunlight in this specific area, I will have a better chance of growing more tomatoes. We'll do just stats listening to this. We are gardening on here. I have one other thing to add. Let's do it. Let's hear it. So in your $880, yes. some of that is your garden. Like you said, new house, new box gardens, new mm-hmm. dirt, everything. Well, that right there could be your evergreen content. So like there are expenses that won't happen again. Yeah. While mm-hmm. it might be $3 a tomato with that included, but if you're, you know, adding things like video and great photos to their website that help the conversion mm-hmm. increase, then, you know, your, it, it's your the, price drops. It's the Julie Jarnigan buy once, cry once. I don't yeah. anticipate to spend $880 yes. again next year on all of the th- same things to set up my garden. And so yeah. you're right, Becca, as my, as the years go on with my garden and there will be expenses, but there will not be as significant expense as starting the garden. And so hypothetically, you're right. My, my costs should go down after, you know, there's initial shock of prices, but as you keep, um, optimizing and understanding where your leads, AKA tomatoes need to be located and have the best return on value. That's where I think you're really going to prosper. So I just love that leads or tomatoes now. Right. (laughs) Oh, if I get known for this, I'm going to be so Tomatoes my garden model. analogies. Yeah. We could name a podcast episode after something with tomatoes. Oh man. I'll take a picture with all of mine. There you go. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give my story really quick. Cause I think it's a little bit shorter one. So usually in the spring early, well, in Florida, I call it spring March and February down here is, is nice weather. There's a couple of cold days, but that's, that's when we usually do something. So about this time or earlier, I start researching like, Oh, where should we go? Like a trip, like a weekend getaway or like a three or four mm-hmm. thing. Just, just Lindsay and I, my wife and I, to get away from all three of our kids because you have to, you have to have yeah. that in your life. 
And last year and this year, I'm still like so disappointed in the amount of content, which is surprising because I'm like, these are beautiful places. They're usually like, they're not expensive, but like, so this year we're going to next in the 2022, we're going to Key West, which mm. I'm sure a third of the people have been there. So a lot of people have been there and there's like, here's the hotels that most people stay at. So we want to be right downtown Key West, historic downtown, whatever it is called. And the only thing out there is like amateur YouTubers that are terrible. Like they're not even good YouTubers making the content. I'm like, what is wrong with these places? Like, and it's just, it's so strange to me, like for that industry, we kind of have it here in home building too, that like Mm -hmm. people want to obsess. Like I want a five minute, a 10 minute video on the room we're looking at in this hotel that is 500 a night or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I forgot what it is like, which I'm like, that seems like worthy of bringing in a video, video team to film just that room yeah rip like, off that band-aid the first like time spend a lot of money to build that, to that. Mm-hmm. and part mm-hmm. of it's hard because i know like for them like that this hotel we're staying at like it's it's booked they have to book it now for like six we got we're getting lucky for whatever reason that it might be a covid thing you usually have to book like six eight months in advance because there's not that many rooms all that sort of thing but i'm like oh my goodness so then you go on the builder sites and there's still i feel like we're still everywhere like all industries except for a few are missing the mark on just the depth of content that people want mm-hmm. and just how obsessive you get when you are in that mode of like research and people have more time. Like if they're like, if you're not commuting anymore, maybe your morning routine is different. If you're working from home, like I think people have more time or at night, like I'm watching weird YouTube videos of Key West and things to do, even though I've been there like four or five times, like, but I still want that. Cause that's where my, like that my interest is in the moment. So imagine you're buying a home, you're spending half a million dollars. Like you want like pink colors. You'll watch 20 minutes on different pink colors and then door handles and then all these sorts of things. But people have to look elsewhere for that content versus getting it from the, from the builder. Yeah. I feel like I was one of the first builders, I think to sign every single house we ever built to get a 3d floor plan render like walkthrough done. And then not to say it was the right decision, but we also had a separate tab of just virtual tours of all of our floor plans, which was separate just from view all the floor plans and then go in each of them and then view all of the 3d tours. So it was an, it was just a, a, a page of just the 3d tours. And that was top three pages of my entire website because people Mm -hmm. just want to they, they want to envision, they want to think about how they're walking through or utilizing a space or as indication, like, what does the room look like? What's my view going to look like? And it does seem like it, sometimes it, it was a lot of front loading work, but in the end, it, it really pays off and, and having that great content. We know that some builders are, are working on great um, content hubs. Like, you know, we talked about, we talked about the summit um, Keystone has and, you know, fast. We also mentioned last podcast, fast follow, because like, oh, now people have those expectations of all of this content. You you need to get on this bandwagon for the bingeable content options that okay. they they just still want and need. It doesn't stop. You need more. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that's the thing. Some people go, all right, we're done. Nope. It's it's forever. You have to keep doing and it. I, and I think that's the the bottleneck is that I think the the mindset going into it's like, oh, this is a big project we have to do and complete. And really it's like this open ending, never ending thing. Mm-hmm. That's just like, we just have to make content and just keep pushing out there. Yeah. It's almost like your dirt needs to be good. You need to have fertilizer with your tomatoes, whatever you're trying to grow. <laughs> you aren't just like one and done. Like 
Mm-hmm. You have to fertilize X, Y, Z, depending on what the thing is. Yeah. Your dirt needs to be whatever. Yeah. Water needs to be here. Like, it's just like. If you don't take care it, of your garden over the winter in the lull periods, you will have a worse return on your investment and your, mm-hmm. and your plants the next year. So same thing. You're right with your content. If you're not constantly thinking about it and working on it and at least having some plans written down for the future. It's, you know, and maybe you need to lean on someone else. Then if you also feel like you can't, you know, you need to hire a gardener, you need to hire outside help, like a a videographer who Mm -hmm. hasn't seen your garden and look at it. And this is my last thing on it to give more context versus just me just ranting like, Oh, we need more content, which is Mm -hmm. so cliche. I feel like at this point in 2021, we need more content because at some point, every builder, everybody, any business will be like, I cannot spend more on Google ads. I cannot spend more on Facebook ads. My website functions just fine. People can find everything they do. We've done user testing. What else is there from a digital perspective to do besides content? Mm-hmm. Like you can't force organic Google to grow any quicker than it's going to. You have all, that's an investment. Like it's going to happen if you're doing all the right things. But if you're already maxing on Google, maxing on Facebook, the next thing you do is have better dirt so that you could then convert traffic to leads better. So it's like, okay, in five, six months, will there be a lot of people like, I cannot spend more, but I need more. Well, yeah. you had six months to create more content or a year, two years, three years. And that was the missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you think about it this way, in home building, everything changes, like styles change, floor plans change, exteriors. There's just, so many things that just need to continually be updated and added because you're not planting the same tomatoes every year. You're planting zucchinis and tomatoes and potatoes. Rotate those crops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rotate potatoes. everything. Hope same thing. In- yeah. Today. We're rolling with it. <laughs> We're rolling. Becca, do you have a good story time? Yeah. Speaking of tomato bumper crops, one of my builders uh, emailed me today to say you live that they, in rural, rural land talking about bumper crop crops. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Um, one of my build builders emailed to say that they have had the biggest virtual opening that they mm-hmm. have ever had. Insert mm-hmm. sound effect from Kevin's computer. Right. Now. <laughs> well, clapping. Sandra and I will just clap. And yeah. they had over a hundred appointments set in the half an hour from when the um event ended yeah how do you say that yeah that's yeah uh, yeah within yeah. it was overall virtual event within 30 minutes of it starting or ending uh, whatever the yeah. way to say it is yeah uh, at 100 when, appointments. within 30 minutes of them opening up for appointments they had 100 appointments set and knowing this that's builder great. like everyone on this list was quite qualified Yes. From what I understand, like they yeah. are, it's not just like, oh, we have 500 people. Like, it's like, no, these are all potential legitimate buyers on this list. They have a really good farming process <laughs> for their leads. So they, they, you know, till the soil because they plant the seeds. They worked on it over yes. and over and over again. And they yes. know what to look out for and where the speed bumps are versus, and, and, and he, that person, I specifically, I, I know you're yeah. talking about, he, he, he's a very good tracker, correct? Of yes. What he likes data. Occurs. He, he he's a very good. Data, so he and he adjusts data he adjusts to based stories. off of data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that okay. he makes, he makes this his is... benchmarks and then advertising. He uses the advertising to make sure he meets his benchmarks. Yeah. And this is their fifth or sixth virtual. 
I think fifth. Yeah, something like that. And all, quite all five have, have gone. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's like mm-hmm. every few months we get this great email. It's usually late at night. Like, hey, just so you know, this is here's the results of what happened. We're like, oh, nice. And what's what I what I enjoy about this builder is we need X amount of leads based on our previous historical conversion rates. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here's what we anticipate the cost per lead is from different sources. Yeah. Here's our budget. And so you're like, how do you argue with that? You wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't argue with it. It's like, okay, cool. That makes mm-hmm. complete yep. sense from any like internal, if you need yeah. to sell the budget to someone yeah. above you or yeah. anybody like, here's the math. And so for me, I'm like, this is so beautiful. It's okay. yeah. And now it's, it's a joy. It's a fairy tale. And I, I think you make your, you make your own job easier with data that you can prove. And, and I think that's what we do too, is we're like, all right, if your cost per lead is 75 cents and it, you need this money, like your budget's here, but yeah. based off of your current numbers, you need to be here. Does that make sense? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Then we need to work on these other items, but he, he yeah. sounds like he has a good system in place for sure. understanding the, the needs to launch community. So yay, congrats. That's, that's an awesome story, yeah. Becca. That is super Thanks. exciting. Super exciting. Good stuff. Okay. And on to the news. The first one is from geekwire.com. Redfin partners with security giants ADT for program that lets buyers tour homes without an agent. What? I've never so this, heard of this. I know. It's like, I think we've been talking about this for a few years now. What? I know I know what my opinion is on this and what makes this different, but what, what are y'all thinking? I, Besides I like all these ads on this website, which I know <laughs> so many ads, I like how they're pushing it. it. You know, it's welcome to the modern open house. They give three easy steps on how to use it. I think what it's showing is that people are getting uh, now that even a larger companies are adopting these, you know, home builders have been doing open door, like a lot of open, um, house options for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel the need has been going up and up and up and larger companies are adopting this model. And so I think it's a really good opportunity of just what the future looks like for quick, easy access tours. The one thing in the article that I thought was very interesting is, you know, obviously it's an ADP door handle. You get to keep the door handle. And then ADP also is like, we'll give you a discount for three years on your security system. And so it sounds like it's kind of a nice win-win for, for both companies to kind of create a, a seamless open house experience and, and that security detail and feeling more confident in your purchase as well without feeling too pressured to buy a security system. And then regarding the, the modern open house, I think Becca, you had a good insight there. Yeah. I would really not want to be an agent because, or a realtor, because you don't, need your realtor to find your home anymore and now you don't even need them to get in the door Mm -hmm. yeah the buyer's side is definitely yeah to me more at risk and hope this doesn't i don't want to offend anybody who's who's in real estate as a realtor Mm -hmm. like the buyer's agent i think is the one that is having more scrutiny as far as costco and like all that sort of thing but this like looking at this screenshot we have on our screen it's like Welcome to the modern open house. Use the Redfin app to unlock this home instantly. Step one, upgrade and open the Redfin app. Cool. You probably already have done that. Step two, search for the address. Step three, tap the unlock button. You go like, that's, that's it. it. That's that's all I have to do. Yeah. And the other options are just as simple too, like Utour and all the enter now. Mm-hmm. But like this really makes it seem like, oh, I want to go look at the house right now. Like I'm just going to leave. It's 3.37 PM Eastern time. I'm going to go. Right. It doesn't tell you, it doesn't tell you the rules. I know that um, looking at the article, you know, I think there's a hundred and $150,000 insurance plan in case anything does happen that Redfin guarantees for your house. 
Um, the door automatically, just like with other systems, locks 30 seconds once the door is closed. I'm sure there's- Don't leave your phone in there. Yeah, <laughs> right? Which is gonna happen. That has to yeah. happen. But well, I, I think, I think I think it just shows the mass adoption and comfort levels and, and COVID helped this, but with Definitely. the easy access, the not really wanting to, or need to talk to people and, and making the decisions for yourself. But I do still feel like there's, there's going to be missing information or it, questions that you, you might have to still ask a real estate agent, but yeah, I, I, you know, the future is here and it's just going to become more modern when it comes to self-touring open houses. Yeah. I think that it has builder home builder applications too. So if you're building your home and you you build with ADP security systems mm-hmm. in place, you then can turn around and automatically use this to help sell your inventory quicker. But then also once the resale cycle comes back around oh and you know, somebody's lived in your house for whatever, or they lived in their house for however long, and then they want to hop back on and sell it. Mm-hmm. They already have the hardware to do it. I didn't get the information from this, but man, actual trackability of people in a model home data yeah. and how often they come back, that might be very nice yeah, to that, have. Yeah. Yeah. Be back. Or that for Redfin. And then my, and my thinking goes straight to, okay, so they put ADT in, mm-hmm. I believe it's no cost. Just the change in revenue for builders, potential revenue as far as these services that are add-ons after the fact, kind of like a car dealership. Yeah. So this is $28 per month if you sign up post-purchase. What if the builder had five of $5 of that per month as far as like that's their referral or commission? And now they have 200 of those they're adding per year or 500 or 1,200 per year. In five or six years, they have 10,000 10, customers at $5 per month. Now here's $50,000 in revenue coming in for a builder based on these contracts that they were kind of part of. And then you could add that to like, well, hey, we now have 10 services like this that we have mm-hmm. X amount of, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of potential there for revenue. The, the, which I think that's where we'll definitely go towards, towards the future. It'll just be like, how do we sell that without being salesy? And then like, it subsidized the cost to build, which is really hitting the affordability yeah. ceiling make it a little bit more affordable for the builders to build and still get revenue. Yeah. Same with like lawn service. Like mm-hmm. what if the builder negotiated all that, like for like where we live for 24 houses in a little gated community, like there's no reason for there to be six different lawn companies mm-hmm. going these little lawns. Like the builder should have like negotiated for us, had a lower rate and here's the opt-in and here's the cost. And then they get a percent of that um, would have been, Cool. And if they did that for every community, oh my, or they just own the lawn management companies. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities though, but. Next one from the verge.com Instagram's outages were so bad that the app will now alert users when the service goes down. So when it's not working, it's going to tell you that it's not working. It's funny. I feel like they were like, wow, everyone went to Twitter and Reddit. How do we keep them still on our website and let them know that we are down? And so instead of their status site went down too, because it was on the same configuration. (laughs) It's like, come on, like that should be. I think they're just throwing some things in the wind and they're like, well, we, we might not have it under control, but at least we can hopefully control the Mm -hmm. messaging. So they're just saying they're adding a 404 pay like notification almost to their website. Or if you're noticing anything being finicky with your app. They can say, yeah, say it. it'll, it's clear that you don't have to go to like, I, what was the Twitter. website down.com or something that people go down, to 
you will be hypothetically notified, but you're right, Andrew, if everything goes down, I highly doubt that their notifications. Yeah. So this will be like soft technical errors where you're like, I'm sure we've all had it. You're trying to upload something and then it's just like crashes. You're like, hmm, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Very common. Yeah. And it's like, can't do this right now. It'd be nice if there's notification, like check back in an hour. You're like, oh, okay. Which is what some of us already would do anyways, but it'd be nice if Facebook and Instagram told you. Like, hey, we have an issue that is going on. So that's yeah, that's but cool. a very minor direct response to their significant crash. Not to say it'll yeah, do anything, but you know, if you do see anything there, at least you know you're not crazy and you don't have to search three websites to find out if there are, are bugs in um Instagram's app. 100%, 100%. And then the next one from searchengineland.com. Google's rolling out continuous scroll on mobile. This is gradually rolling out today. Actually, yeah, today, October 20, October 14th. <laughs> For most English searches on mobile in the U.S., I want to try this on my phone. Right, right now? now? Right now, yep. Let's see. I mean... So what this would do is you there's no longer pages on mobile. You just keep mm-hmm. scrolling like a news feed. Um, and my first thought is... Great. Did, it's well, they have a to... see more, um, which is kind of... I thought it would just keep going. If it's just listings and the content doesn't change, I feel like most people won't keep going but if they train us to maybe they have different content towards the bottom which will totally change up organic but turn it into like a news feed type of deal like here's the ads here's the map here's the top 10 listings here's the top five videos here's this that'd be really interesting here's do you think do you think yeah. just a what we can expect is if an, an overall with this rolling out they want you to get addicted to the scrolling and then from there they'll add more different content value and attention i would think they'd have items. to mm-hmm. have some incentive to keep scrolling because we i feel like we're trained like the best stuff is at the top and if mm-hmm. you're not happy with it then you go to the bottom but then you get to a point where you're like oh i just didn't type in the right thing because the best stuff is at the top so let me just re redo my search phrase and then find what is better this could also be interesting to see if this changes impressions and clicks on ads. Mm-hmm. If more yeah. people end up scrolling farther and they're showing ads more often, or if they split it up differently versus three or four at the top, if they do two and then two in the middle, that just kind of kind of like Facebook. You're not seeing an ad at the top only. It's just throughout your feed. I was just going to say, I think they're banking on the fact that we've been scrolling through Facebook and Instagram so that we're used to scrolling down and maybe the best stuff isn't going to be at the top anymore. It'll be somewhere in the middle or wherever you pay for yeah. it. Um, but I think for now, as it is, it's just going to be scroll until you've hit your attention span. And maybe what they're doing is grabbing that data to see how far the average person yeah. scroll. And then they want to embed yeah. ads yep. into those. It is, hmm. it is overwhelming though. And this, they have a GIF where it's like someone searching, I think pumpkin recipes, which is so timely. Yeah. What can I do with pumpkins? That's what are those <laughs> things that launch the pumpkins? I feel like that should be. A oh yes. <laughs> versus this is all recipes, pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin muffins, everything pumpkin. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it is a little overwhelming. Because, formatting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's pictures. Yeah. They're trying to change it up, but it's still a lot. It's, you yeah. know, I feel like people notice big changes faster and this mm-hmm. is just, they're going to have to do this in steps. I, don't, I think it was Google. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they changed the background at one point behind the search bar to gray and everyone freaked out and they went back to the original color. But then every couple of days, they just changed the opacity slightly more and slightly more. Oh, that's funny. And it was because and people- no one said anything? No one said anything because people- 
are less likely to notice gradual change over time than one big light switch. And so I can see them definitely slowly making this adjustment. Like you're saying, slowly adding in more, um, more ads locations so that they can continuously making money. And now it's just not the top three, but there's, there's different, um, areas advertisers can, can show up on and, and, um, fight for. That makes sense. All right. And our last news story, which I put in here because I feel like no one has talked about it and it's actually not super new. Um, this one is from theverge.com. Again, Facebook on your face, hands-on with Facebook and Ray-Ban's first pair of smart glasses, which yeah, a, had deja vu. Like, did we do this already? Like Google, no. Google glasses, oh, Google like glasses. years yeah. ago, people were like, yeah. well, well, we, well, we don't want that too creepy. And now these look, y'all aren't looking at it listening, but they look, they're Ray-Ban Ray, they're very wayfarers. nice like, looking like sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Where, look, where, yeah. Yeah, where the screw goes in on the side and the, the glasses would bend in. There's a little camera in the little, um, the lip on of the sunglasses too. on both sides. And then there's speakers on the outside to grab the sound. They give an example of someone throwing um, a dog, a ball. It's a little shaky of a video. Um, my, I guess my question is, I think sometimes products are introduced at the wrong time and they flop much like Mm -hmm. Google glasses. And so it'll be interesting one, if people might not like this because it's associated with Facebook and they might not feel comfortable because of privacy. So that's that. But two, the benefit of, I think how they market this is going to be very important because I don't feel like I've, we've seen this and we keep an eye out for this. And it, 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 I don't think it has been strong, but I'm not really necessarily, they're not telling me the story or the value of why I would want this. They're just saying you can upload quickly 30 second clips. You can take up to 500 photos from your point of view. And I'm like, I'm still not getting the story of why I would want this from this. Cause the photo quality is lower. It does not, um, if you're an influencer or someone, or that's, say, this is who that's targeted to. And even I don't like, feel even like, like me. I'm mm-hmm. like, I want nice pictures on my story. This does take unique perspective, but they're not like my new iPhone takes significantly better photos. So then it's like, oh, so it has to be, I think they need their ads for this need to really showcase places where holding a phone is not possible. Like this one with the dog, you can't hold your phone and throw a ball to a dog at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or like thinking back to like, we're going to Key West in March, February well, what if I don't want to hold my phone and we're doing something like then I can capture the moment mm-hmm. right then and right there. Um, but I'm surprised it didn't team up with, um, I don't, there might be a few think, people listening that have looked at the GoPro 10, but it's stability yeah. and, and how it, um, interacts with staying everything horizontal and flat with the horizon. You could tilt it like up to 45 degrees. So like, and it still stays level. Mm. So like imagine if that type of technology, which that's significantly bigger than a thin camera on your, on your glasses, but that, like you said, Becca, like it's, it's kind of shaky, but if they could get to the point where it could keep things level and you could walk through a home with these on yeah, and there's the walkthrough through a home other than mm-hmm. it's sunglasses, not so you look kind but of, we, funny. we talk about budget and builders considering their budgets. And we also say every builder should have at least a 1% of uh, in their budget for innovation. And this is where I would categorize that. It'd be a really good experiment to, if you want, you can do what you want. If you purchase these glasses, you walk through some model homes, you know, it it does optimize for 30 second videos versus one continuous stream would be my biggest concern for this product specifically. 
But you could always play with that idea of you're already touring the homes. Why don't you record it and upload it quickly in your stories? But again, devil's advocate, what's the difference between you just holding your phone to your face and longer videos? Or when you've got a brand new community and you have nothing to tour, but you have the lots and all the lots have great views. Mm. So then you just put on your glasses and walk, take a couple of pictures, and then all of a sudden... You've got a story of, you know, lot home site number 10 has this view. And then on the other side of the street, you've got home site number five. And it has a view of mountains or a stream or whatever. Yep. I, I've seen, and I'll, maybe I'll share it in the group if I can find it. There is a photographer that I know that is local to me. And he does um, fashion, high fashion photography, like kind of weird stuff, right? But he's really well known. He has an amazing studio. And when his content is featured in those publications, like Vogue or wherever, like he will sit down in his studio and he crosses, like it's this whole brand, it's a brand for him, crosses his legs, you see his socks, you see his shoes, you see his pants, you see his studio, you see the floor, and he's thumbing through the catalog talking about images and the models and all this stuff. And it, the perspective of seeing what it looks like as if you're sitting next to him, I think is super cool. Now he could do the same thing and set up a camera, like on a tripod. He obviously has cameras. Mm -hmm. He's a photographer, put it right there. But the perspective just makes you feel like, Oh, I'm with, I'm with Brian. Like, this is weird. Like Mm -hmm. right there. So I think the same thing, if it is stable enough to walk through, like, Hey, I'm touring your home site. Here's a video. And it's could be like tie that content mixed with some type of like OSC introduction. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm on site. And then it cuts to you going through and maybe you, you do look at something in your hand and then it, opens up to like, I'm gonna walk around your home site really quick or the available home sites, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So if the perspective is neat enough. If there's value enough that right someone now. wants to experiment with this. Right, yeah. To just like put it up to your face. Like, I know that's, that's the better, downfall. It's, better. I don't know. Like it's almost like they missed their window of launching in my head because I feel like with the new iPhone, it's amazing camera. And this is not up to that par you know, it's experimental, but I would, I would really like to see if, if this does take off, but I almost feel like we already tried this experiment with Google glasses and and people just don't want cameras on their faces. We will see. I also want it to have like, I want it to have like a green light so that if somebody's Mm -hmm. wearing those out in public and they're like, oddly looking at me, I want to know if their glasses are recording. Yeah. That that is an interesting Thought. Yeah, there's a security factor. Mm-hmm. It, it actually yeah. feels you have, creepy to I don't me. You legally asked right. You you could be recorded in public. Like there's like the law, even though it's yeah. There's there's the law, and then there's like let's be decent human beings. But if you're in public, mm-hmm. I don't think there's an expectation of privacy. But there is an expectation. No one's gonna film you. That's how popper like paparazzi isn't illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you still want to know like oh that person's recording me, staring at me. Which yeah. with the camera it's obvious, but with glasses you don't. You don't know. The moral of the story is document documentation style content is great. This might be a little too next level, but if anyone does get these and experiments with them, let us, let us know, because I would love to see what you guys create with this. It it seems fun and and interesting, but again, I think it's a builder show and walk around. Oh yeah. Other than their sunglasses and you can't wear sunglasses inside. That's creepy. They don't look that dark. Mm Mm-mm. They, I wish just, they had, you know what, the, the, the glasses just pop them out. Just, they, you know. yeah. <laughs> are you wearing glasses? Oh, pokes you in the eye. Yeah. Man. There's no lenses. Nice. Oh man. Let's see. Andrew Anything Bond. else in the news? 
we don't, <laughs> other than, oh, we'll, we'll have a link up. Mark Zuckerberg, he's obviously promoting this. He had some neat content on his profile, which is facebook.com slash Zuck, Z-U-C-K. Um, see, all his, see all his posts. We had one. I think he had one where he was rowing, and then this one, he's kiteboarding. Um, yeah. Kiteboarding? No, sailing. What is he doing? No. So again, I think playing off your idea of when you want to record, but you don't want to lose your very expensive phone, or if there's a hands-free option, this is a great solution for that. So yeah. And this is yeah. like this one here could replace a GoPro or like an action camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. The camera's not as bad as I, but the GoPro would be a better video, but this is much easier. And who wants to, you create, I think that's the, it's not, it's almost novelty, but it's not. Cause it's like, you could buy these glasses and just wear them as glasses but then you get the camera element too. They're very within the budget, I think, of normal expensive sunglasses too. So it's not yes. out of the world. Not, not too crazy. Well, let us know if anyone gets them though. Well, that is it for the news. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out geekinfo.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. See you next Bye, week. Bye. Yeah.